0: up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com during the 2021 teachers day celebration we asked if teachers were still at the heart and center of education with the many tech advancement in education that have modified the interactions between teacher and learner we found out that teachers need the tech advancement in education to bring out the best for humanity We can't replace the teacher with the tech for many obvious reasons, but chief of all is that the tech was made for man and not man for the tech. If the man doesn't use the tech, then of what use is the tech. The idea behind technology is to advance the interactions and relationships among humans. And with the rise of video conferencing, online-enabled classes, classroom apps, and the increased reliance on ICT, the pandemic has made or has been a reminder of the critical importance of upskilling and training of teachers. How can we achieve this? By continuing in the trend of increased awareness, training and retraining of teachers and providing the tools necessary to carry out what is needed. In a bid to contribute a bit to the efforts, we started a series called the Classroom Series, which is aimed at equipping teachers and educators with the skills necessary to make an impact in a tech advanced world. The first episode of the classroom series will be on how to better engage your students in online classes. And our guest is an independent educational consultant who promotes creative and critical thinking, incorporating digital tools to address educational and learning transformation and assisting schools to adapt to change. She presently works with individual schools and educational organizations, exploring long term planning and educational change related to future technologies. Karen Ann Wallstra is our guest and she'll be walking us through this classroom series. Welcome. Welcome. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thanks, Tony. Thank you for having me in the chat.
0: Yeah, it's really good to have you. <laughs> it's really good to have you. It's, it's good to have you back, right? Because um, we talked um, during the teacher's day and um, now yes. we're uh, making good on our promise and our word to raise the awareness and you know, work on training and retraining as much as we can by putting resources out there. Thank you very much. Thank you. I really appreciate this.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Beautiful. So how do we better engage our students for, if I would speak on behalf of the teachers, I'm saying how do I better engage my students um, when using digital tools?
1: So I think it's that we use the tools effectively. One, that we really get to know the tools as teachers, but we also teach our children how to use the tools Because then when we start collaborating and working with our students, everybody knows how to use the tools effectively. So I really think it's learning to get to know the tools you want to use with your students and teaching your students how to use those tools.
0: Yeah, now when you know the tools and then how to use the tools, how do you know that the students are engaged? How can you determine that these students are engaged?
1: So whether it's an online class or whether it's a face-to-face class and you're using digital, you're looking at are your students participating? If you're asking them to do something, are they actually doing it? Are they really involved? If there's a discussion involved, are they asking questions and participating? So looking at their reaction is how we know they're engaged, just as when we're in a face-to-face class and we can see their expressions and we can see their in- enthusiasm, so we can see See that in a digital form by the way they're interacting on a document or perhaps in a collaborative space.
0: Mm. A lot of teachers would get confused. You know, at, at some point, you know, they feel, oh, so this is like an online space, and I'm not sure if the things that matter um, when I have them physically in a classroom still matter here. But you're saying it's the same thing, you know, if they're involved, if they are discussing or reacting, uh, if they're participating, it's we're looking at the same. Thing. Now, are there metrics uh, to judge uh, or determine that a student or the students I have in my class are actually engaged?
1: Yes. So, almost all of the tools that you could use should have some form of data on the back end. So, for example, if you're using a Google Form, when the students have filled it in, you can see a graph on it in the response section, and you know how they're working. For me, those graphs are so important because they tell me straight away looking at the answer is do the students know the work? So can I carry on teaching? Or, oh dear, they've not done so well. I need to look back and reteach something. So using the data tools that are in these kinds of resources is very important as a teacher. So it's not just looking at the front end and making the things look pretty, but also looking at the back end and seeing how the students are answering the questions when you're using things like quizzes, which records that kind of data. The other kind of thing is looking at the responses. So if they've written work or if they've drawn digital drawings and they share that with you, you can also determine how well they're engaged. Are their answers effective? Have they answered the answers correctly? So the same way as we read metrics in terms of written work on a book, we can do that um, in tools that don't have a data link to it. So seeing and reading just as we do in a classroom. But if they've got metrics, use that. That really changes the way we teach.
0: Now, let's get into these tools. You you mentioned tools and uh, what kind of tools are we talking about? Can you go deep into, let's say, the quizzes, the kind of tools that teachers would need um, to better engage?
1: So think of, first of all, something like Google Documents. If your teachers are using Google within a school, every single Google type document can be shared and you can collaborate on it. So whether it's Google Docs, whether it's the spreadsheets, whether it's the slides or even the drawings, you can have more than one person working inside of that document at the same time. If that document is shared, you as the teacher can hop from group to group looking at the different documents and see how your children are engaging and working in that work in real time. So that's a really quick and easy way to see if students are engaged in an activity. If you want it to be happening in your lesson time, you can see that they're in the task at the same time. Um, Next week we're going to be focusing a lot on quiz type examples. But, for example, in Google Forms, like I've mentioned already, you can see the data. You can quickly see how your students have answered. And if we're talking about engagement, it's really great to set your um, Google Forms or your quizzes for auto-marking. So, asking questions which the computer can mark. These are normally short word questions or have a single word answer or a single number, something that the computer can quickly recognize. That is amazing for engagement because you then see the answer straight away and know how your students are doing. At the same time, your students get that kind of answer as well. Another fun one to look at is a relatively new product. It's called Louru Games, L-O-U-R Games. And what this company has done is they've developed a set of tools which – you put your quiz questions in like you would a normal quiz, whether it's a Google form or another type of quiz tool. But the child or the person playing or answering the question chooses a game, a traditional kind of um online games. So the children find answering those kinds of questions really fun. And those are really great to build up base knowledge, to get children to be playing the games over and over and not realizing that they're actually learning the content you want to do. They've got a wonderful back end where you can see how many times the children have played, how accurate the answers are and things like that. So again, looking at the data. Another great one for engagement and getting children involved is a a website called puzzle.org. This puzzle is spelled dot org, And here you as the teacher can make um, all sorts of tools, memory games, finding the word, uh, crossword puzzles, scavenger hunts. And the great thing about this tool is when you share the link with your students, it automatically makes every person have a copy. Puzzle.org also has a data section where you can pull off the data for your students and actually see how they've progressed through the different tools. These are just some ideas of tools that you could use to really engage with your students and see how they're interacting, and also getting them more involved than just filling words in or perhaps just answering questions in a traditional way.
0: Okay, really interesting. I like the fact that, I like the games part, where um, they, they really, at the end of today, wouldn't know that they've actually just walked through um, the... Uh, what the teacher has in mind for the day, but by the time they're done, uh, it's easier for the teacher to actually say, okay, work done and then ask questions. And they say, oh yes, I know this because, you know, they played the game. And I think children, you know, like to engage more with things like games, right?
1: I agree. And I do think that this is a wonderful concept that they've come up with because it can really reinforce knowledge. So if you A language teacher perhaps of um, junior school children and you're building vocabulary, it might just be finding the correct spelling of words. So they could be reinforcing simple things like spelling or multiplication or other arithmetic, all those kinds of things, but in a really fun kind of way for the children. And the other great thing is the children can choose the game. So you as the teacher don't set which game they're going to play. The children have an option of, I think it's 15 different types of games, and it doesn't matter which game they choose, they get the answers that you have linked for the children to do. So, I mean, the questions for for the children to do. So I think that's really great strategy. The children are choosing the game and they're learning the work.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I, I wish um, I actually had that privilege to choose uh, the game to play to learn what I wanted to learn. it have been really <laughs> great. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, now let's look at the ideas and strategies and ways to actually go around these, um, um, you know, this better. Are there any ideas? Are there any you know strategies to um, actually get the children to interact and um, better?
1: So I think if we just take ideas, I think as teachers we often really scared when we start saying, oh, we're going to be using technology. So I think the first idea I would give to teachers is go and play inside of different tools. Go and find tools that are relevant to the age group that you are teaching that um, would suit your kind of teaching strategy. If you don't really feel comfortable with children playing games, then maybe you would use something like puzzle.org where they're using a crossword puzzle or where they're doing a word search in a word puzzle. So find tools that you feel most comfortable with first of all. I think that's my first kind of tip I would give to teachers. And then I think in terms of strategy, it's looking at what is your method of teaching? What is your pedagogy that you use as the teacher? And think about how you could incorporate these kinds of engagement activities into your lesson. For example, you might use a very short quiz with two or three questions at the beginning of a lesson to find out about content knowledge they might have learned a previous year or maybe the day before to see did the children actually understand that work or do they still remember that work? So using that kind of strategy could be useful. On the other hand, you might want a really engaging activity in the middle of your lesson. The children have now um, been talking about content and now you want them to demonstrate it, but in an engaging way. So you might open something like a Google Jamboard, which is like a whiteboard, and then getting your students to interact on that and answer questions and collaborate in that kind of space so that they solve a problem together, perhaps in groups or even individually, but getting them to use the tool to engage with perhaps in the middle of the the lesson. On the other hand, you might want to use engaging activities at the end of a lesson to round a lesson off and to see if children have understood what they've learned. And there you might have something like a crossword puzzle where you've either given them words and perhaps they've got to find the definitions or you give them the definitions and they've got to put in the words sorry or perhaps you have questions related to content and the answers are single words that they would then fill the crossword puzzle in. So you could use different kinds of strategies depending on one the kind of activity you're teaching and two what the content is. And this doesn't actually have to only be for language teachers or for your other subjects. Your maths teachers and science teachers could be using these interactive strategies just as much to engage with their students. For example, if you're a science teacher, you might use things like simulations. And Fit, which is P-H-E-T, is a wonderful open source um, uh, resource, which is developed by the University of Colorado Boulder, and you can go in and create a simulation. So say, for example, you're teaching electric circuits. They could hop into the FET circuits simulation, and there the children could actually create a circuit or circuits for you. They could then take screenshots of that and put the screenshots into their notes as evidence of their engagement or, and what they've done those are just some ideas of things that as teachers we could to do to really engage our students in the way that we teach
0: mm, interesting so is there would it be like a format maybe or maybe formats for producing or Creating lessons that are interactive. Um, maybe one person has done it and has done it well and says, okay, you know what, this format actually works. Or uh, maybe we have three or four to five formats that work. Uh, so someone could just say, okay, if I follow this format, um, this is the problem or the challenge, and I, I'm arriving at this solution.
1: So I suppose you could have formats. My suggestion would be you look at your own school. And you look at the lesson plan structure that you use within your school and say, how do we include digital resources in the lesson plans that we are doing? So teachers prepare lessons all the time. And now it's saying, well, how does the digital fit into the lesson that I'm trying to teach? Because I think if we have to start from scratch every time, lots of teachers will say, no, we're not going to do this. Whereas if we find resources that are relevant to what we are teaching and the teachers find it meaningful and the learners find it meaningful and it builds on their knowledge, then it really becomes more beneficial. So if we take our lesson prep, where we would normally have resources that might have been books or magazines or articles, we're now saying just extend that to looking for digital resources and finding those resources. And my suggestion is that if you've been writing your lesson prep, um, now rather do it digitally because then what you can do is in the lesson prep, you can put the link directly to whatever resource you're going to be using with your students. So your lesson prep then becomes interactive and engaging as well. Instead of it being in your book, rather have it as a digital resource so you can then click on the links or share the links with your students really easily.
0: Mm, yes, and it's easier for you to walk around it, move from one spot to another, um, have them open on tabs and move from one tab to another. So- now, some teachers have actually closed their minds to the active use of technology in engaging their students. Uh, what challenges could teachers face when engaging students online so they prepare their minds for it? And maybe you could add some possible solutions or some ways to get around or uh, rethinking those challenges um, in their minds.
1: So, so for me, I suppose the first challenge is one's own fear. So perhaps fear of embarrassment, that the children know more about the technology than you do, or perhaps fear that the technology won't work and say, what am I going to do? So around those things, one, I go back to what I said earlier, is as the teacher begin to play with the resources, find tools that you like and begin to use those in your classrooms and get to know the ones that you want to. Share. The next thing in terms of failure in terms of technology, there might be a power outage, something might happen, so the technology doesn't work. Always have one or two backup sort of solutions that you could do with the children in case the technology fails you. And if it's an online lesson, so the children are not physically um, perhaps it's online and remote. The children might know, oh, well, if the power fails, this is, the, this is where I can go and I know that there's this other activity I could do for the day. If, for example, it's an online and it's a face-to-face lesson where the children are, are working with you as the teacher, you could then pick up and do the activity with your students in your classroom. So having an example or two as a backup is always really useful. Another challenge might be in terms of where do I begin? How do I even begin to find resources for my lessons? And I suppose that's just also saying, well, let's just hop into a search. So go into a Google search and type in the topic that you want and add lesson or lesson activity or a children's task. And when you start putting those kinds of words behind the the, the topic, suddenly you'll get a whole a range of different types of possible examples. Another nice example where I like to search is I put in the search and then I actually go to images and not actually look at the content. And I scroll through the images and when I see images that I think would be appropriate, I then... Click on those to see are there an activity or is it just an image? And so whichever way you decide to search, whether it's just using the words or whether it's using the images, that could be a really useful way of finding resources if you are fearful. When you have found the resource, go and play it. Go and do it. See, is it appropriate? Is the language appropriate? Perhaps the language level is too high or too low depending on the grade you're teaching. So go and explore that resource before you just give it to the children to actually do. Another great place to look is also on your phones or tablets, just search in the app stores. So whether it's a a Play Store app you go and look for or a Google um, app store that you go into, type in the topic that you're wanting to search. Maybe it's science, but maybe it's something specific like, ecosystems or water cycle. And you'll be surprised at how many of those topics actually have apps related to them. Again, go in, explore it. Is it appropriate for the age level you're teaching? And then your children could actually use the apps if they've got devices. So there are different ways that we can overcome our challenges. But I think our first challenge is ourselves. We ourselves, like you said, perhaps we've closed our minds we need to open our minds. So we begin to open our minds by exploring ourselves and seeing what is useful for us, what is useful for me in the lessons that I am teaching and the subject I am teaching.
0: Wow, this has been really, really beautiful. (laughs) Wow. Okay, this is really good. Um, Thank you so much for the time. And I'm really happy that we're able to get into the uh, specific discussion of better engaging in online classes um, um, in this episode um, would look would look at other issues other areas in other epi episodes um, methodology um next week should be quizzes um oh. and then uh, If if there's a need for us to continue and make this, you know, a weekly thing, it'd really um really be I'll be really glad to to actually um have that and maybe a webinar somewhere um down the line. Um how can how can teachers reach out to you if um they would want to reach out to you for um you know further information, further strategies and ways on how to you know get around this?
1: So I have two websites. The one is my name. So it's Karen Walstra Consulting. Or the other one is evolveschool.co.za. And both of those have a contact details on them. So they can happily reach out to me and I will engage with them.
0: Beautiful. And for those listening, there is a... Um, presentation slide um, that's attached to this particular um, episode and Karen will be sharing that right can we share that
1: yes yes that'll be great thank
0: you beautiful so we will share that it's going to be on our website and um, across our social media platforms once we put out this particular episode I've been speaking to an independent educational consultant who promotes creative and critical thinking. Uh, she incorporates digital tools, um, which addresses educational learning transformation and assists schools to adapt to change. This is the first episode of our The Classroom uh, series with Karen Balstra. Um, Thank you um, for this first episode. I look forward to the second, the third, and the others in this series.
1: Thank you, Tony. Thank you for having me in in this chat. I look forward to chatting with you again next week.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.